The reading today is from 2 Chronicles, it's selected verses, 29, chapter 29 and 30. 29, verses 1 to 6. Hezekiah was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father David had done. In the first month of the first year of his reign, he opened the doors of the temple of the Lord and repaired them. He brought in the priests and the Levites, assembled them in the square on the east side and said, listen to me, Levites, consecrate yourselves now and consecrate the temple of the Lord, the God of your ancestors. Remove all defilement from the sanctuary. Our parents were unfaithful. They did evil in the eyes of the Lord our God and forsook him. They turned their faces away from the Lord's dwelling place and turned their backs on him. Chapter 29, verses 26 to 28. The Levites stood ready with David's instruments and the priests with their trumpets. Hezekiah gave the order to sacrifice the burnt offering on this altar. As the offering began, singing to the Lord began also, accompanied by trumpets and the instruments of David, King of Israel. The whole assembly bowed in worship while the musicians played and the trumpets sounded. This continued until the sacrifice of the burnt offering was completed. Chapter 30, verse 1. Ezekiel sent word to all Israel and Judah and wrote letters to Ephraim and Manasseh, inviting them to come to the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem and celebrate the Passover to the Lord, the God of Israel. Chapter 30, verses 9b to 23. Ezekiel said, the Lord your God is gracious and compassionate. He will not turn his face from you if you return to him. The couriers went from town to town in Ephraim and Manasseh, as far as Zebulun. But people scorned and ridiculed them. Nevertheless, some from Asher, Manasseh and Zebulun humbled themselves and went to Jerusalem. Also in Judah, the hand of God was on the people to give them unity of mind to carry out what the king and his fish officials had ordered, following the word of the Lord. A very large crowd of people assembled in Jerusalem to celebrate the festival of unleavened bread. They removed the altars in Jerusalem and cleared away the incense altars and threw them into the Kidron Valley. They slaughtered the Passover lamb on the 14th day of the second month. The priests and the Levites consecrated themselves and brought burnt offerings to the temple of the Lord. 
Since many in the crowd had not consecrated themselves, the Levites had to kill the Passover lambs for all those who were not ceremonially clean and could not consecrate their lambs to the Lord. Many from Ephraim, Manasseh, Issachar, and Zebulun had not purified themselves, yet ate the Passover, contrary to what was written. But Ezekiel prayed for them, saying, May the Lord, who is good, pardon everyone who sets their heart on seeking God, even if they are not clean, according to the rules of the sanctuary. And the Lord heard Ezekiel and healed the people. The Israelites who were present in Jerusalem celebrated the festival of unleavened bread for seven days with great rejoicing. The Levites and the priests praised the Lord every day with resounding instruments dedicated to the Lord. The whole assembly then agreed to celebrate the festival seven more days. So for another seven days, they celebrated joyfully. September is a good time for a fresh start, isn't it? It's a new school year. It's the start of the rugby season. And just to say, Taunton won yesterday up at Leeds. So that was a really good start. I actually started at um, my church in Taunton on the 1st of September, 1996. And then the 1st of September this year, my predecessor started out on his uh, journey in that place. And then Jan and I got married on the 6th of September, 1975. And if any of you are good at maths, that's 46 years tomorrow. So uh, anyway, whatever. <laughs> you get less for a life sentence, don't you? <laughs> but today, I'm going to talk about making a fresh start with God. Hezekiah did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that David had done. Sadly, he'd not had many good role models. The reverence for God was lost. The temple was shut up. Relationship with God was at an all-time low. But Hezekiah was determined to restore what was lost. And he started by opening God's house to the people. Now, through lockdown, church buildings have been closed, pretty much. People have got out of the habit of going along. But I can't think of anything better than being with God's people in God's house on a Sunday morning, especially now that we can worship together. You know, Zoom has been great, but I want to say to all of you still online, you're miss, missing out on the blessing of community. And I know for many of you, it can't be helped. I'm going to say it. Don't let fear keep you indoors and rob you of that blessing 
I'm not suggesting that we become reckless, but if we want to conquer fear, we need to literally take a step of faith. And I can get away with things like that because I'm not the pastor and I'm not going to get told off. But I think there are times when people allow fear to get ahead of faith. And there are times, not just in that way, but in other ways when we need to overcome fear with faith. So Hezekiah started by making God accessible again. He opened up the doors. He consecrated the workers. He cleansed the place of meeting. And I just want to say thank you to those people that come and clean in the church and, and in the, the buildings. Um, you know, without that service, you know, we'd probably be sitting amongst crisp packets and all sorts. So thank you to those who clean our building. But then Hezekiah went on to re-establish worship in the church. The Levites and priests brought sacrifices. And as they were showing their devotion to God, worship broke out. It said while they were sacrificing, the song of the Lord was sung, or they sang to the Lord. There was a joy and overflowing over, um, of worship in amidst the service in amidst the sacrifice, the devotion to God, there was an overspilling of worship. You know, one of my frustrations of the past 18 months was not being able to sing out in worship. And I know sometimes it's hard when I've got the trombone in my mouth to sing out, but you know what I mean. Um, you know, it's okay in our living rooms and we were able to, to sing out, but it's a bit weird when just... Jan and I were stood in front of the telly. It's a bit strange to stand in front of your telly anyway. But when worship was on, you know, standing there. But it's nothing like worshipping with other believers. Now, last Saturday, uh, Jan and I and a, a few others went up to Lincoln each year for the last 30, about 30 years. We've gone up to um, something called, used to be called Grapevine, then it got, was changed to the One Event. But it was a celebration of um, five, normally a five-day celebration where there was worship and teaching and kids' work, and it was great. Um, and this was the 40th anniversary, and they decided, because of the, the, the COVID situation, they'd just have a one-day event. And it was on the Lincolnshire showground, and it was a little bit like Glastonbury because they just had one of these uh, event uh, stages and we were sat out on the field. But it was 12 hours of worship and the word. And we had a praise party with Ishmael, which took me back a few years. And we had people like Graham Kendrick, Chris Bowater, Lou Fellingham, uh, Noel Robinson, I'm trying to think who else was there. Um, and then people like Jeff Lucas was speaking along with uh, Stuart Bell and one or two others. Um, and it was amazing. And, and at the very end at 10 o'clock at night, they had this amazing fireworks. And, and we came away buzzing from that event. And, and it wasn't just because there were fireworks at the end. It had been a real day of blessing. But it was, you know, to be even on just out in the field with 4,000 other people worshipping together was an amazing time. And, you know, when people are united in worship, I believe it attracts God's attention. 
I believe God hears the sound and says, oh, I like that. I think I'll go down and see what's going on. But it's not just in large gatherings. When God hears his church worshipping, however big or small, he says the same thing. I like that. I think I'll go down and see what's going on. He wants to be here with us in our worship. He ordains praises of his people. So God is in our worship when we come together as one. And then the third thing that uh, I see from that passage that Hezekiah did was to restore the Passover. The reminder of how, the, how God released the nation from slavery. And for us, the reminder of all that Jesus did to save us. Everyone was invited, whether they were ready or not. And I love that bit at the end of 2 Chronicles 30 in verse 9. It says, he will not turn his face from you if you return to him. Don't wait to be good enough because when you come, God will deal with all those issues. And it says in verses 18 and 19, the Levites helped those who were not ceremonially clean. And then Hezekiah prays, may the Lord who is good pardon everyone who sets their heart on seeking God. There were rules and regulations on how people should come into that, that ceremony, into the Passover. But they recognized not, not everyone was able, but everyone wanted to take part. And so those who were right with God were able to help those who weren't so that they could all be a part of it. And I love it that those who were right with God helped those who were not right in that place. And it took me back a few years. I, I had the privilege of, of going on a, a mission trip to Romania. And it was just after the, the regime had fallen um, and Ceausescu was it um, in Romania. And we were out there and the highlight for me for that trip was to go into the church. We were working with a, a Baptist church in Foxhan, one of the, the towns uh, somewhere in Romania. My geography is not great. But I went in one day and there was an elderly uh, lady from the church who was sat with her arm around a gypsy lady, an elderly gypsy lady, and she was leading her to Christ. Now, what was significant about that was up until that point, society, including the church, scorned the gypsy community. Earlier in the week, we'd been uh, walking along the road and there were some gypsies crossing the road. And one guy literally went right across the road in his car to make them jump because that's how they, they viewed these people. They did not like them. But then by the end of the mission, the church had opened their doors to the gypsy community and they were leading people to Christ. It was such a precious, special moment. And I wonder if there are people that we know who could do with a little bit of help to come to know Jesus. You know, can we get alongside people, put our arm around them and say, look, this is the way. Let me explain a few things to you. It's a, such a privilege to do that with people. And then the fourth thing that happened in this fresh start 
You know, it didn't actually come from Hezekiah this time. It came from everybody else. And we read in 2 Chronicles 30, 23, and I'm going to pray say it, say it. They enjoyed it so much, they decided to do it again. They'd had seven days festival. It was such a great time. Let's go for another seven days. And I wonder how many of us this morning could say, you know, we've had a great hour and a half. Let's do it again. Let's stay and have another, you know, let's go back and start again and we'll have some more worship. You know, how many of us would want to do that? When I first went to Taunton, I extended the service, which was, was an, only an hour, but I extended it for an extra quarter of an hour. So instead of finishing at half past 11, we finished at quarter to 12. And one couple came along and said that they wouldn't be able to come anymore because their oven timer was set for lunch at 12 o'clock and they wouldn't get back in time. Now, I made the mistake of suggesting that they set their timer for 12.15 or even 12.30. Um, I'm not sure they appreciated my advice and we didn't see them again. Bless them. Um, but if we want to make a fresh start with God, we need to reset our mindset. The other day I was listening to a talk from a, a friend of mine. In fact, Jan suggested, and when, she, when I told her what I was speaking about, she suggested I go and listen to this talk. And uh, he suggested, his title was the same, Reset Our Mindset. And he suggested five things we needed to do. And this is where the people who have got readings get to do their bit. Um, so the five things, firstly, Focus on the prize. Philippians 3, verses 12 to 14. Who's got that? If you'd like to just stand and... Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting Thank you. I've loved watching the Olympics, and, and actually, I've loved watching the Paralympics probably more than the, the than the other. It's been really inspiring, and it reminded me of of, of my, I'd say, Olympic career, but my athletics career. I, I was actually a shot putter most of the time, but, um, and I was built like one. But I was also quite quick. And we used to have a, a boys brigade um, annual athletics event. And you had to be in, entered into two events. So I did the shot put, and then I looked for the shortest, easiest event I could do. I mean, high jump, long jump were not gonna be the right thing. And I found I could be entered into the 100 meters. And as I say, I was quite quick. So we got down on the start and off we went. And after about 60 meters, I, I found I was in front. And then I was sort of aware of all the other folks from, from our Boys Brigade company were on the sidelines shouting. And I sort of looked that way to, to acknowledge it. And as I did, the guy went past me. And I realized, you know, don't get distracted. And this is what Paul says, focus on the prize. Don't let other things distract you from what God has called you to. 
So the first thing, focus. Stay focused on the prize. Second thing, spend time with God. Who's got Matthew 14, 23? David. After Jesus had dismissed him, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. Okay. Jesus went up on the mountain to pray and he was alone. He was in that quiet place. You know, one of the things we need to be doing, and, and maybe that's part of this, don't get distracted, is to find those quiet places where we can just get alone with God, where we can hear what he's saying without the noise of everything else. And I guess for some of us, um, with, uh, and I'm sort of thinking back a little bit now, but when we have family around, you know, sometimes it had to be getting up early in the morning before they've woken up. Um, we've got a seven-month-old Labrador now, and that's not possible. So early in the morning, you have to creep around to try and make sure she doesn't wake up. But finding quiet times in quiet places, just to focus on what God is speaking to us about. So firstly, focus on the prize. Secondly, spend time with God. Thirdly, don't let your past determine your destiny. Galatians 5, verse 1. It is the freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Thank you. Jesus has set us free from all those things. We learn from our mistakes, um, but we don't let those things of the past stop us from reaching our goal in the future. We've been set free. I'm a new creation, no more in condemnation. Here in the grace of God, I stand. Don't let your past determine your future. Embrace a hybrid way of thinking. Acts 15, 28. Did you not give that to anyone? Ah, Janice is claiming. Sorry, it's 13. Seem good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Oh, yeah. Why did I put 15? Sorry. <laughs> I've written 15. Oh. Anyway, can you do that again, Mike? Sorry, because I distracted everybody else. It's okay. It, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Okay, thank you. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. So what were the people doing? They were listening. They were listening to what was being said. I, I yesterday, I, I went, um, I started uh, doing a chaplaincy at, at Musgrove Hospital, um, be, be mainly on a Saturday and the odd Sunday. But I had my induction day yesterday and I, I went round um, with a lady uh, called Marion and um, I was just shadowing her just to see you know, things, how they, they did things. And, you know, it was brilliant because the one thing that I noticed was the amount that she listened. She went, she, she said hello, and then she sat, sat back um, and just listened to what people were saying. And it was so important because they felt that they were special. And it was all because she didn't try and finish their sentences or, you know, or, or presume what they were going to say before they said it. And, and for me, that was, that was amazing. You know, sometimes, you know, we need to listen 
more than we speak. Somebody once said we've got two of these and one of these, and that's how we should, um, you know, the proportion in which we should do it. So embrace a, a hybrid way of thinking is actually it seemed good to us and the, or to the Holy Spirit and us. Listen to God, listen to people, and the wisdom that comes through that. And then finally, try new rhythms. 1 Corinthians 9, 19 to 23. And I hope I've got that one right. <laughs> Thank you. I can be all things to all men in order that I might win some. You know, the gospel never changes. God's word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But our methods sometimes need to be adjusted. Somebody said to me not that long ago, I don't understand it. 50 years ago, our church was full. We're not doing anything different, but there's only about five of us. And he didn't see that those words were the problem. We're not doing anything different. People were going to other churches because people think differently these days. The way they approach education is very different to what it was when I was at school. We need to be sure that you know, the message doesn't change but the method and the presentation needs to just reach people in a way that they can identify with. So, this September is a great opportunity to start again. And I'll just use this as my little um, vision. What's it called? Something aid. Illustration will do, but visual aid. I was thinking of visual aid, but illustration will do. You know, God has set before each one of us a blank page. Sorry, if you didn't see it on before, God has set before us a blank page. And uh, we can write on it whatever we want. God allows us to write on our own life. We can colour it in. We can add to what God has shown us and doing for us. Sorry, guys. And every one of us will do it differently. And the great thing is, when we mess up, when we try colouring outside of the lines, God comes in and through the cross gives us a blank page to start again. Will you use the opportunity God is offering you today to be all things to all men? in order to win some for Christ. And I like that Paul said that, because even Paul didn't expect to win them all. But it didn't stop him trying. September is a good opportunity to reset our mindset and come into line with all the possibilities that God has for all of us.